Hey everybody, Jeff Antoniak here. Welcome to Digging Deeper Jazz. Now today I want to talk about rhythm and this is very, very specific for the adult amateurs that I love to talk to. If you've seen these videos before, you know those are the folks that I work with. And between my work with Maryland Summer Jazz, the, the jazz camp that happens every summer that I'm artistic director of and Jazzwire, um, over the years, I've listened to thousands, literally, literally, thousands of adult amateurs play. And when I say amateurs, these are folks going up to semi-pro players, like really good players. And one of the things that we always end up talking about is rhythmic accuracy. And that's what I want to talk about today. What it is, why it's important. We know why it's important, right? But also, how are we going to fix this? And what, what's a good way to conceptualize it? So that's, that's where we're heading today. Now, there's, um, th there's really sort of four aspects to what's going on. Um, first of all, what do we mean by rhythmic accuracy? It's different than um, tempo. Rhythm and tempo are not the same. It's different than time. It's different than groove. It's different than swing feel. So rhythm, I'm talking about actually accurately playing the rhythm that either you're wanting to play in your mind or accurately playing the rhythm on the sheet. It's that simple, but it's not that simple. So the first thing is, do we understand where is the end of two? That maybe sounds like a, a simple or silly thing to talk about, but I have many adult amateurs who are putting this together for the first time in their lives, and maybe they're not strong readers. Maybe they don't read music at all, but they've been listening to music for 40 years. So they approach it in an oral tradition, a more you know textbook, traditional kind of way. And so understanding where the end of two is. So for some of us, that's some work we have to do. Don't be shy if that's you. That's some work to be done, right? So where, you know, what are we talking about? Now, the second part is, can we create that moment? In other words, if I count one, two, three, four, can you clap on the end of two? One, two, three, four, one, two, and the end of two. Do you know where that is? And I said clap, or I might say sing it, croak out a note, I don't care. But without your instrument, do you know where that is? So you intellectually understand where it is, step one. Step two, can you make your body make that note, make that spot, right? So that's very important. Now, the third part, now some of us are gonna have some issues with that. The third part is now pick up your instrument and try to play the end of two or whatever the beat is we're talking about. Now, some of these instruments, certainly all the wind instruments, have a delay built in. So when I go now, I can sing it or clap it in time, but for a lot of us, once our reed gets vibrating or our lips get moving, or that big bass string starts vibrating, you're late, you're late. So that's what I'm talking about today. So step three is can we make our instrument do that? That is not as easy as it sounds. When I was doing a graduate degree, I was working on this stuff. So if this sounds like blow off this video, nothing here for me, that's not true. There's something here for you. All right, so that's the third thing. The fourth thing is if you can do that repeatedly, hit that spot right in time with your instrument, now it gets to a deeper level. And we're talking, now we get to talk about feel. Now we get to talk about Oscar Peterson versus Bill Evans, Michael Brecker versus Paul Desmond, their time feel. So now we can start discussing where is the end of two. 
Is it a swung and of two or a straight and of two? Now it gets, it, it turns into a discussion changing from rhythm into feel. Every person out there, I don't care who's listening and how famous you are, you know that we're always trying to deepen our feel. So that's where we want to go. So I tell you what, look at this sheet and let's get started at the very beginning. And again, it may look easy, but it's not. Item number one, can you play downbeats? Can you play on the beat? So what I'm going to do is get a metronome ticking and I'm going to see, can I play a note with each one of those ticks of the metronome? Doesn't sound like the hardest thing in the world. Now, I marked these notes with a little housetop, sort of marcato or, you know, like a strong articulation. Um, I think that helps with this exercise. We could do it legato with long notes. Frankly, I think that makes the exercise a little harder. But for us, I want to be very precise, very percussive. Now, to do this on the drum, that percussive attack is taken care of for you. To do it on trombone or with your voice or with the saxophone, that's harder. These are not percussion instruments, except for when you smack them with your ring. All right. There it is. Deliver me a Grammy. I'm ready for my Grammy. All right, the C major scale. Now, I got to tell you, I was concentrating hard <laughs> to try to get as precise as I was. And I will tell you, those of you with really pro hearing will hear that there was a little movement in there. There was a little movement. That was not a 100% perfection. The other thing is I was playing kind of low on the tenor sax. It wasn't guaranteed those notes were going to come out without a squeak or a honk or a burp or a fart or whatever. Saxophone sucks, man. It's a difficult instrument. So just being able to do that. I think I'm going to say 50% of you are going to be challenged to do that. Um, and this is after listening to thousands of students over the years, hundreds of students at Jazzwire. And in one of the communities, this is one of the things we're working on, is can we control our instrument and do these precise downbeats? So stay with me. Um, we're going to get to some good stuff here right away. So what I want to do now is offbeats. I'm going to guess about 80% of you at all different levels are going to find this a little bit challenging. Item number two on the sheet. So let me get the metronome going. I have it set to about 80 clicks, I think and see if we can find these offbeats. All right, um, I'm going to admit I did three false starts that I edited out <laughs> because I was, it was, uh, the horn didn't speak and it wasn't as articulated the first time. And I know you'd love to hear me do that, but I had to take it out. It was too terrible. Um, very, very difficult to do that. And those upbeats, placing them right in time. And as I got higher, I noticed that I was getting just slightly off. So I know some of you are thinking, huh, this is the worst video I've ever seen. This dude's talking about playing the C major scale. That's because you haven't tried it yet. Get out your instrument, give it a try. It's uh, surprisingly difficult. So here's what I want to say. Here's, you know, the, the big statement of the video. Ready for it? 
you only have two options. You're either on the beat or off the beat, right? Those are the only options you have. When you begin a phrase, it can either be on a beat or somewhere off the beat. In jazz, very often we're off the beat by an eighth note. We're syncopating. Instead of beat one, we come in on the end of one. Perhaps there are triplets and you come in on the third triplet of beat two. Perhaps it's 16th notes. The bottom line is you're off. You are either on the beat or off the beat. Now here is the thing. When I listen to many, many, many people play, this is, this is including semi-pros and some pros, I'm gonna tell you. If I had, so here, here's the question I ask myself when I'm listening to someone play. Can I write down the rhythm they're playing? I'm good at recognizing rhythms. I'm pretty good at it. I can write it down. Don't know the notes so much, but I can tell the rhythms. Okay, um, if it sounds a like if I can't quite tell, huh, is that the end of one or beat two? That's not good because we could never talk about feel with that person because we don't even know what they're saying yet. We can't talk about the content, the emotion of what they're saying because it's a hot mess. I don't even know what they're saying. Okay, so I have to be able to, if I can hear it well enough to, as an educated audience member, to write it down, good. So that is your goal. And here's what I'm listening for. Did they come in on the beat or did they come in off the beat? There's only two options. If it's off the beat, now I have to wonder, well, was that a 16th note or an eighth note, right? I can figure it out. But that's the thing. The audience needs clarity. Okay, so there's a fancy word called quantizing, and I think this may come from uh, physics, but um, those of us that have digital workstations know about the quantize button. And it, it comes from when you play something, when you play something on your keyboard into the sort of computer recorder, um, for most of us, it's messy. Most of us don't have that perfect precision. So there's a button you can push, and what it does is it decides every note you played, was it on the beat or off the beat? It will quantize to the eighth note. In other words, so if I play something that was a little bit late, well, the computer knows, well, he meant to play on the beat, but it was a little bit late. I'm gonna move that note there. And it digitally quantizes, puts, puts the information in this packet or that packet. Um, if I was a little early on the next eighth note, it'll slide that note back to where it should be, quantize. Here's the thing, that doesn't exist for you <laughs> when you're playing the saxophone. I wish I could tell you that's the quantize button. It's not, there you go. So we need to, how about this? Just learn to play better. So that's what I'm suggesting. So I want you to really concentrate, is it on the beat, is it off the beat? Now, again, I've worked with a lot of people at Maryland Summer Jazz coming up this summer, this July. Um, and, and I've done this for 15 years. I've worked with over a thousand people there. And when I call people's attention to this and say, hey, that entrance, it's right on beat two. Let's practice that. And we'll clap it. One, two, three, four, one, bang. We'll clap it. We'll sing it a couple times. Pick up your instrument, concentrate, go. And guess what? It's almost always two or 300% better. Did that person become a better player? Did they learn how to articulate? Did I tell them something about their diaphragm that they didn't know before? No. They concentrated. I let them know it's a thing and you need to be thinking about this. So yes, there are techniques that we're gonna have to learn, but the reality is if you're aware this is a thing and if someone yells at you about it, as I'm doing right now, uh, then guess what? It's gonna get actually quite a bit better. So this video, if you remember it every day, here's the thing, set your alarm in the morning and have this video come on automatically and just for the rest of your life. 
That would be awful. <laughs> Don't do that. But that reminder of be precise. Okay, so here's some playing that I want to do. Uh, the sheet that you can see has an etude that I wrote out, and I wrote it out over the uh, chord changes to Solar, you know, a famous uh, jazz composition. There's a second page, so I wrote this out in the keys of B flat and E flat and bass clef and everything like that. So write us for the PDF, uh, diggingdeeperjazz, gmail.com. I will send it out to you. And the idea is each little phrase starts, you guessed it, either on the beat or off the beat. So let me play it for you here. And this would be a fantastic thing for you to play along with. And again, you know, there's some cool licks in here that I've borrowed from all the greats that came before me. Some nice licks that you could lift out of here if you want. But I'm talking about rhythm. So again, that's the focus. Don't think so much about the notes. If you play 42 wrong notes when you play this, great, because that's not what you're practicing right now. You're practicing rhythm. So that's where most of us go wrong, is you start thinking about the notes. Oh, I should play this. Oh, someone said something about a tritone substitute. Oh, what is a B flat? Oh, no, no, no. Now you're not thinking about rhythm. You should be thinking about and a four. One, two, three, four, bang. That's what you should be thinking about. That is how you get better at rhythm, is by thinking about rhythm. Here we go. So that would be a great thing to play along with and to see, think about the entrances of the phrases. Don't even think about the next seven notes. Bang, the very first note. Did I play that right on the end of one? You're gonna find this is shockingly, shockingly difficult. And pros will tell you how difficult this is, let alone the semi-pros, let alone all the adult amateurs I'm talking to. So this is one of the ways. And again, I'm artistic director at Maryland Summer Jazz. I'm the guy that decides you'd be good in this class as opposed to that class. You'd be great in this band as opposed to that. When you come to jazzwire.net, by the way, sign up for Jazzwire. Please do yourself a favor. It's not going to break the bank. And this is going to be the stuff that we work on day in, day out at Jazzwire. This isn't something that watching this video is going to fix. It'll be in your mind for a minute. It'll be gone. You're on to the next thing, and it's not going to get better. So if you go to Jazzwire, use the code DIGGINGSPRING. You'll get 50% off the registration fee, and we'll get to work together. Okay, so back to what I was saying. All these people that I hear, that I listen to, that I evaluate, um, one of the biggest, biggest things that I'm listening for is their sense of rhythm. That determines who can play with whom. That determines what level you're at. Are you advanced? Are you a semi-pro? Are you a novice? Yes, there's a million things to listen for. What notes you're playing? Do you have a nice tone? That's all important stuff, but all the great players and teachers out there are going to agree with me. It's about rhythm. So write me, uh, get this PDF, and let's get working on it. This PDF will be great. It's As I said, it's not any better than one of the etudes sitting on your music stand, but you have an example of me playing it. So you can match and see, are you getting the rhythm right? And I don't mean close. I mean exactly correct. One of the things we're going to be talking about at Jazzwire this week is... These upbeats, these offbeats, are they straight, as in when we're playing a bossa nova, or are they swung? 
that changes where the offbeat is. So this is a very, very deep discussion. So I hope we'll get you involved with it. Please let me know your experience with this stuff. I'm always fascinated by what people do with this information and how we can connect further with it. So thank you for your time. Hope you enjoyed it. Have a great time with the Rhythm Repair Kit, and we'll see you next time.